Good morning, Crossroads. I am so glad that you have joined us today as we are wrapping up our You Are Loved series. We are diving into the concept today that God calls each of us to contribute to the community, and we've got some great stuff to dive into that I think will really make you think and challenge you to invest in things that have eternal value. But before we dive in too deep, I wanted to share something with you. Our friend, Lamoris Crawford, has really been struggling the last few weeks. He came down uh, with the coronavirus and was really hurting uh, for about a week. It was touch and go, and it was a scary situation for him. Uh, I was in contact with him over the last couple of weeks, but also was reading about it. Uh, in the national headlines on Bleacher Report, the experience that he went through. And it was life-changing enough and impacting enough that I wanted to talk to him about that. So this week I had a Zoom interview with him and had a great conversation about how this impacted him and what he learned. Check out a little bit of this conversation that Lamoris and I had this week. Uh, hey, I'm here with Lamoris Crawford. We are talking about a lot of stuff that's been happening in his life lately. Lamoris, thank you for joining us on Zoom today. This is a blast. Uh, man, I appreciate you. I appreciate your ministry and your friendship. And you've really been going through a lot uh, dealing with the coronavirus. I mean, you experienced this in a hard way, man. Uh, would you tell us a little bit about that experience, what that looked like, how that affected you, what you learned, man? What was that experience like? Yeah, absolutely. Well, first, thanks for having me. Um, you know, I'm grateful for Crossroads, your friendship, your leadership. And so, yeah, it's been a trial the last 22 days or so for us and me, you know, uh, testing positive for Corona. And it was one of the most um, scariest things I've ever faced in my life um, to really thinking that I was going to die to God showing up and, and, man, bringing us through. Yeah. And I mean, so it was, deal. yeah, yeah. It was tough on our family, but as you know, uh, and everything we go through, God is present and we, we just trusted that he would be there in this situation as well. Yeah. <clears throat> what was, uh, what was kind of the scariest part there, man? You said it was the scariest moment of your life. I mean, what did you have to experience? What did you learn from that, man? Yeah. So I, you know, I had symptoms, uh, loss of taste, loss of smell, vomiting, chills, high fever. Uh, one day I was, you know, throwing up um, and about day six, five, six, one of those days, I, Megan had been working hard, holding the family down. We homeschool our kids, meals, right. taking care of me. And when we had thought I had the corona, we had self-quarantined myself from the kids. It, but Megan being a super mom, wife of the decade she is. <laughs> Um, she slept with me every night by my side, which is unbelievable. I mean, it sounds like she probably does deserve some sort of medal or trophy, man. <laughs> Seriously, she's she's like asking. I'm like, man, don't even ask me whatever you want. Just do it. I, I, I'm so grateful for my wife. So this particular evening, uh, early morning, it's three forty-five in the morning, and I had to go to the bathroom. So I get up. Right. Megan's been working hard. I know she's tired. And I'm just like, man, Lord, I just really want her to sleep through the night. I wanted to really get some rest. Yeah. <clears throat> so I go to the bathroom. I sit down and something began to take place in my body that I can't even explain in words. Um, I, only way that in a visual I can try is when we were kids, you would put that nine volt battery on your tongue. <laughs> it's I remember like that those times days. 100. Oh, yeah. okay. Yeah, yeah. And so, so that knocks you out. Uh, so, Lamoris, you've gone through this whole process where, I mean, you were near death, thought you were going to die. I mean, that changes you a little bit. And I know you're still processing it because you're still mm -hmm. enduring it. I mean, it, you're not completely through it yet. But 
what do you feel like God's been teaching you, man? What's, what's God been speaking into your life through all this? Yeah. Um, I, like you said, I'm still processing. So I think God is still revealing what, uh, things that I can have learned through this. But one thing for sure that I know in my heart of hearts is to keep the main thing, the main thing. And that is go into all the world and preach the gospel, baptize them in the name of the father, the son, and the Holy spirit. And so Two of the main things. Number one is the gospel. My intensity for people to want it, that to for my gift to give the gospel to the world has intensified. Yeah. And number two is family. We forget this. This whole concept of humanity started with God's idea of family. Yeah. Like redemption was the underlying under the family, but the foundation of it was God wanted a family. Yeah. made in his image and so in quarantine through all of this i'm it, my appreciation for my kids being a father a husband those two probably the two top things the intensity of the gospel and the intensity of my family yeah that's powerful uh i love that man i mean i think what this has done we, we talk about keeping the main thing the main thing it just it refocuses you on your purpose on your calling that god's called you to man and i love the passion that you have for that uh Lamoris, you're making a difference. And uh, man, we're proud to partner with you in ministry and just support you all the way. Uh, I appreciate all you do. I appreciate your ministry. I appreciate your friendship. And uh, listen, just continued prayers for you as you continue to get better here and finish this fight uh, with the coronavirus. Man, we love you guys. We're praying for you. Uh, and keep doing what you're doing. All right, man. Absolutely. Love you, bro. Love Crossroads. Appreciate the community and family there, man. Love you, bro. All right. Appreciate you, man. You have a good day. All right. You too, bro. Peace. All right. It's so good to see that Lamoris is doing well and has recovered. There's more of that conversation available that we're going to release on our Facebook page later this week. So be looking for that conversation because there's some great additional content there. Now, let's dive in. It's week three of this series, You Are Loved. And here's what we've been talking about. Number one, our first value is we connect people with God. That is the why behind everything we do here at Crossroads. That is our mission. We want to connect as many people to the love that Jesus has for them as we possibly can. Remember, God loves you and there is nothing you can do about it. Well, the next value we have is we celebrate the change because we believe that God loves you just the way you are, but he refuses to leave you that way. He wants you to become more like him. And so as we transform, as we change, as we become more like him, we take time to celebrate that change. Last week, Easter Sunday, we celebrated changed lives with 15 people who took the next step and were baptized. These are great moments to celebrate that life as we knew it is gone. That old self, that old life is gone. That new life has begun. And that new life is filled with true joy and hope and peace as our lives are changed from the inside out and as we become more like Jesus. And we recognize that we've got to celebrate that change and stay focused on becoming who it is that God is calling us to be so that we can fully live into that purpose and plan that he has for each of our lives. Well, today we shift gears and we talk about what it looks like to contribute to the community. Because what we realize is that you, you are loved, all right? You are loved and there's nothing you can do about it. But listen, if you're gonna really reflect this selfless, and sacrificial love that God has for you, you've got to come to this, rec uh, this recognition that God wants me to love others the same way that he loves me. Can we just stop and consider that for a second? God wants me to love others the same way that he loves me. I'm supposed to reflect this love 
This is a love that has changed me, and so it needs to flow out of me and, and, and let that change the lives of others. And what's amazing is God invites us to, to join him on this journey of changing lives. We get to be a part of the process of connecting people with him. We get to celebrate those changed lives. And the way that we get to do that is by using the gifts and abilities that God has given us to contribute to the community. Here's how that love flows out of us. Let's recognize what it says in John 15. Jesus is, is very specific here, and this is really important for us to lean into because, again, this is one of the core values here at Crossroads. We connect people with God. We celebrate the change. We believe that we are called to contribute to the community, and here's why. It says in John 15, Jesus says, this is my commandment. Love each other in the same way I have loved you. There is no greater love than to lay down one's life for one's friends. Now, ironically here, Jesus is giving, you know, some foreshadowing of the love that he has for us. He has paid this ultimate price. He has shown us this unmatchable love. He has literally laid down his life. He has paid the price that we could not pay so that our sins would be forgiven and so that our relationship with God could be restored. That's the kind of love that God has for you and for me. That's the love that we celebrate. That's the love that changes everything. So Jesus goes on to say, you are my friends if you do what I command. I no longer call you slaves. You're not beneath me. You're just not some paid worker in my life. No, because a master doesn't confide in his slaves. Now you are my friends, since I have told you everything the Father told me. I think that's an extraordinary statement from Jesus. This reality that he loves us so much that he's paid the ultimate price for our sins, but it doesn't stop there. He desires to have a relationship with us. He calls us friends. That's an amazing concept. I am a friend of God. Uh, a few years back now, and I'm dating myself, this is probably 12, 13 years ago now, Chris Tomlin had a song out that was top of the charts as I am a friend of God. Do you guys remember that? I am a friend of God. Oh yeah, that was a great song. Well, here's the thing. That was one of my favorite songs for a, quite a bit of time. And we were at the Passion Conference. I took a bunch of college kids to the Passion Conference down in Atlanta. Chris Tomlin is our worship leader, and as they were letting people out of one of the big gatherings that they had, one of the sessions, Chris Tomlin and his band start jamming out to I Am a Friend of God. And I'm telling you, no kidding, the message of that song is so powerful, that concept. We are friends of God. I mean, isn't that extraordinary? I was so taken in by that moment that I, everybody else is leaving. I go up to the front. I'm front of the, the room, right up on the stage, you know, 10 feet in front of Chris Tomlin, and I'm just singing my heart out. I am a friend of God. I mean, I'm all in on this. They go to the big ending, rah, 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 like Ryan Stroop and the band. You know how they do it. Go all in, big drums, boom, 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 boom. That's how it ends silence in the room. And I'm like, yes, that was amazing. I turn around and I was the only person in this cavernous room in front of Chris Tomlin and his band. I was like the one man audience. I've never experienced anything like that. They sang that song just for me. It was an amazing moment. But you know, as funny as that is, think about the seriousness of that concept. I am a friend of God. You are a friend of God. When you connect with him, when you're able to realize he's changing your life and you celebrate that change, you realize, man, this isn't just a surface relationship. Man, you're his prized possession. You are dearly and deeply loved by God. He desires this relationship with each and every one of us. Man, you are his friend. 
You got to lean into that. Remember, this love that God has for us, it demands a response. And part of that response is me letting go of my own selfishness and realizing God wants me to love others the same way that he loves me. He wants me to contribute to the community. And so the way that this, this verse ends is Jesus says, you didn't choose me, I chose you. I, I, I paid the price you could not pay. I made this possible. So he says, I appointed you to go and produce lasting fruit so that the Father will give you whatever you ask for using my name. And then he just puts a big old exclamation point on it. He says, this is my command, love each other. What you see here is that God's love is not only selfless, it's not only sacrificial like we've talked about the last couple of weeks. What we realize here today is that God's love serves. God wants me to love others the same way that he loves me. That love has to overflow out of my life and be allowed to impact others. And the only way that works is if I'm committed to contributing to the community using the gifts and abilities that God has given me to connect people with him, recognizing the opportunities that God places in my life, the people who are desperate for that encouraging word or for that message of hope or for that just act of kindness that could change their life and point them to Jesus, recognize that I have a part in this story. I can be part of the journey where someone is connected with Jesus and I can help them celebrate the change. But I've got to be focused on how I am called to contribute to the community. What I love about the early church that we see in Acts chapter 2 is that they were full of this life. They were just overwhelmed by this extraordinary love of Jesus, and they were all in. Check out this picture of the early, early church in Acts chapter 2. It says, All the believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship and to sharing in meals, including the Lord's Supper, and to prayer. A deep sense of awe came over them all, and the apostles performed many miraculous signs and wonders. What we see here out of the gate is that everyone in the family was connected. They were all laser focused on this mission that they had been given to go and make disciples. They were there to connect people with God and they were laser focused on this mission that Jesus had given them. And I would contend that when we are focused on this mission, when we realize that we are here to connect people with Jesus and connect as many people to Jesus as we possibly can, that keeps us unified on the main thing. It keeps the main thing the main thing. We are, we are focusing in all of our energy on what really matters, things that have eternal value and eternal significance. When we are focused on this mission, you guys, that's what unites us. This is how movements begin. This is the revolution. This is what changes lives. And so here at Crossroads, man, we want to be laser focused on this mission of connecting people to Jesus, and we want everybody contributing to this mission, contributing to this community of believers. God has created you with specific gifts and abilities that he has given you for this very time that we live in. I want you to know that. Ephesians 2.10 is an amazing verse that says that God has created you to do things that he prepared in advance for you to do. He has a purpose and he has a plan for you. And it all revolves around this concept of contributing 
to the community. We were not created to sit on the sidelines and take it all in. We were created to get in the game. And we all want to be in the game. Listen, I played basketball all growing up, elementary, junior high. I peaked in junior high. Freshman year, I'm on the JV team. Never got to play in the game. I only got to go in when we're losing by 30 points with 30 seconds left. That was the only way I was trusted to go in the game. Those were when my personal highlights happened. I was the garbage time, garbage time king, all right? I wanted to be in the game. I didn't want to be on the sidelines. And in, in the community of the kingdom... God hasn't created you to be on the sidelines either. He's created you to be in the game. So he calls us to contribute to the community. So it doesn't end there. It goes on. It says, and all the believers met together in one place and shared everything they had. They sold their property and possessions and shared the money with those in need. They worshiped together at the temple each day, met in homes for the Lord's Supper and shared their meals with great joy and generosity all the while praising God and enjoying the goodwill of all the people. This is really important because what you see here is everyone in the family contributed. They're all connected. They're all focused on this mission to connect people with Jesus. And they all contributed. They all gave. They used the gifts and abilities that God had given them to engage in the community. Joy and generosity were key parts of this lifestyle. And I would contend today that in, in the Christian life that we are called to live, that joy and generosity are part of the lifestyle that we are called to live into. I would contend that when you're hoarding, when you're consumed by greed and your own selfish desires, and you go down that path of pursuing pleasure and possessions and power, those things never fulfill. They always take you farther than they, they want you would ever think you would go chasing after them, and they never satisfy. Whereas if you're living generously, if you're saying, God, what have you given me that I can use to contribute to the community and help connect people with you, that's where real joy, that's where real purpose and real meaning is found. Joy and generosity go hand in hand. So what does that look like? I believe we're called to live generously with our time. That means that I have to make myself available. That means I don't allow myself to be consumed by the busyness of things that just don't matter. There are things in this life that need our time, that need our attention, but don't allow yourself to be consumed by things that only have temporary value. Make sure that you're being, uh, being good stewards of your time, that you're making yourself available to invest in things that have eternal value, the things that really matter. We have to be available. We have to make ourselves available to actually have time to contribute to the community in a meaningful way. I think we also have to live generously with our talent. This is me living into the potential that God has created me for. Again, I referenced this earlier. Ephesians 2.10 says God's, God has created you for this specific time. He has given you gifts and abilities to use right now that he prepared in advance for you to do. God has a purpose and he has a plan for you. You, not anyone else, not the person beside you. He has a plan for you. You have specific gifts and abilities, relationships that God wants to use right now to connect people with Jesus so they can celebrate the change. It's all possible when we contribute to the community, when we live generously with our time and with our talents. I think the final piece to this is God calls us to live generously with our treasure. I mean, we're warned by Jesus in the Sermon on the Mount, you gotta guard your heart because where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. So what is it that is most important to you? A lot of times we, we have a lot of our reliance and our security in our money and our finances. And God's saying, hey, don't let that be the main thing in your life. That love of money, not money itself, but the love of your money 
is the root of all sorts of evil that can get you distracted from things that have true eternal value. Don't allow yourself to be consumed by things that are temporary. Make yourself available. Invest in things that have eternal value. And when it comes to your finances, when it comes to your, your resources, live generously and contribute to the community. Invest in things that have kingdom value, that have eternal value, things that will matter for the rest of time. We have an opportunity to take something that is temporary and make it something that is eternal. Think about that. That is significant. How are you investing your treasure? I love what it says in 2 Corinthians 9. Paul writes, remember this, a farmer who plants only a few seeds will get a small crop, but the one who plants generously will get a generous crop. I mean, you've got to figure out in your life, what kind of seeds are you sowing? How much seed are you scattering? Because that's going to be a direct correlation to what your eternity looks like. I'm, I'm having fun right now uh, in my personal life because it's that time of season where you're getting ready to plant plants and all that stuff. And I'm, I'm deciding right now, now this is a secret, you can't tell my kids that I'm doing this. I have purchased uh, pumpkin seeds and not just regular pumpkin seeds. I purchased pumpkin seeds that have uh, the potential to grow into being like six foot pumpkins, all right? I'm going to be planting pumpkin seeds in a couple different places in, in, my, uh, in my yard and just see what happens. I'm just kind of curious. It's got, my wife thinks it's a terrible idea. But I'm going to have fun with it. I mean, we're in quarantine. You guys, what else is there to do? I'm just, you know, madness is taken in, right? So my idea is I'm just going to plant a bunch of pumpkin seeds and just see what happens. See if by chance we get one of these monster pumpkins growing in our, in our yard and just see what happens. I mean, it really is funny. It really probably is a bad idea. But I mean, the better chance you have of getting a pumpkin is you plant more seeds. So I got a bunch of, pa- a bunch of, of, of seeds. I'm going to be planting pumpkins all over the place. I'll let you know how that turns out. But the more seed you scatter the better crop you're going to produce. And if you allow yourself to live generously, sowing into the kingdom, God uses that. You guys, God uses your generosity connect, to connect people with him. You, he uses your generosity to, to change eternity for generations of people to come. Your generosity, your ability and your willingness to contribute to the community now has eternal significance, you guys, for generations to come. You never know what one act of kindness, what one act of generosity will do to change one person's life and how that ripple effects and changes tens, hundreds, thousands of people's of, of lives in the future. We just don't know the significance that our actions can have. What are you doing to invest in eternity? Are you sowing generously into the kingdom? I love how this ends. He says, you must each decide in your heart how much to give. And don't give reluctantly or in response to pressure, for God loves a person who gives cheerfully. And God will generously provide all you need. Then you will always have everything you need and plenty left over to share with others. What a great promise that God will always supply your need. You don't have to worry about anything. Don't be anxious about what's going to happen. God will provide for you when you're living generously. I just want to ask you today, are you living generously with your time, with your talent, with your treasure? Because I believe God is calling each of us to contribute to his community, to contribute to the kingdom where we can invest all of these temporary things and have them become things that have immense and extraordinary eternal value. Just consider that. Are you living generously? Are you contributing to the community? I love how this passage in Acts 2 ends. It just summarizes this whole picture of the early church by saying this. And each day the Lord added to their fellowship those who were being saved, those who were connecting with God. 
what an amazing thing to celebrate. What an amazing thing to recognize. What you realize is, man, they were focused on, on connecting with each other, but connecting on the mission of, of connecting people to Jesus. They were connected. What you realize in the early church is everyone in the family contributed. And finally, what you realize is everything they did, it was contagious. People saw the difference in their lives. They were drawn to this love that Jesus has that was flowing out of them because they were loving others with the same love that Jesus had for them. And what they were doing was contagious. It was growing. People were being saved. And you guys, when people are coming to know Jesus, when they are connecting with God, there is nothing greater than that. Now, we've been celebrating this for the last few weeks at Crossroads. Would you consider this? In the last three Sundays, we have had almost 100 people make decisions to follow Jesus. Would you just stop and consider that for a second? When you talk about the idea of people being saved, people were being added to their number every single day. You guys, that happens when we're focused on connecting people with Jesus, when we're focused on celebrating the change that he brings us, and when we're willing to step back and say, I'm going to invest my time, my talent, my treasure, and things that have eternal value. I am going to live generously. I am going to contribute to the community. I want to challenge you today. If you realize, as we've been talking about this, that you've been settling for sitting on the sidelines, I challenge you today is the day. Today is the day to jump off that sideline and to get in the game because coach is calling your name. All right, It's time to get in the game. It's time to contribute to the community. There's too much at stake here. When you consider the eternal ramifications of what it looks like, there are people all around us who are desperate for the hope that we have in Jesus, who are desperate to experience this love. God loves everyone. He loves you, and there's nothing you can do about it. Remember, God loves you, but he refuses to leave you that way. He wants you to become more like him. And don't forget, I mean, what we're talking about here today, God wants you to love others with the same love that he has for you. You are loved. It's time to share that love with others. How are you going to contribute to the community? This is an important value here at Crossroads, and here's my challenge. If you realize you've been on the sidelines, it's time to step up your game, it's time to get involved, it's time to contribute to the community. There are all kinds of ways here within our church family that you can get plugged in and that you can serve. Uh, we're going to be talking exactly about this at our next steps meeting that's happening this Wednesday at 6.30. It's happening through Zoom. You can sign up by going to crossroads.online slash next steps. And here's the thing. We would love to have you join in on this conversation and figure out what it looks like to take these next steps so that you can fulfill this mission that God has given you of connecting people with him, of celebrating that change in your life, and contributing to the community. Because you have gifts and abilities that God has given you that he has prepared you in advance for, for this specific time on this planet. So let's not, you know, stay on the sidelines. Let's jump in the game. Let's use these gifts and abilities that God has given us and contribute to his community. Let's bow our heads and close our eyes and just pray together. As you are, are closing this time together with me, I would just ask that with your heads bowed and your eyes closed, you would consider the reality. You are loved. God loves you and there is nothing you can do about it. God wants you to love others, the people that he's placed in your life, with the same way that he loves you. So I'm just going to ask you today, who is it that needs to experience the love of God in their life? How are you going to contribute to the community and engage in that calling that God has placed on your life and use the gifts and abilities he's given you to connect people with him? There's no greater joy 
than diving into the call that God has placed on your life to walking with him. When we choose to follow in obedience and live into these commands that he's given us, you guys, we are his friends. We are doing exactly what he's called us to. And that's the place where you're living, where you're feeling, fulfilling that purpose and experiencing the true meaning and the hope and joy that comes from following Jesus. You are loved. Let's love others with that same love that God has shown us. Jesus, we are so thankful for your love today. And I just ask God that you would help us to focus on how we can share your love with others today. Our mission is to connect people with you. And Jesus, we just, we commit today to saying, Jesus, we are all in. We are focused on doing everything we can to connect as many people to the hope that we have in you. Jesus, we're committed to celebrating the change, recognizing that you want us to become more like you each and every day. And so, God, I just ask that you'd help us to surrender all these things that we hold on to that keep us uh, from becoming who it is that you've called us to be. God, help us to surrender and to be open to being obedient to you and the calling that you've placed on our lives. And finally, God, I just ask that you'd help us to be willing to live generously, to contribute to your community using the gifts and abilities that you've given us so that, God, we can be part of this journey, invest in eternity, and connect people with you. God, for all you've done, we thank you for all that you are. We give you praise. We pray this in your holy and in your mighty name today. Amen.